Welcome to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. And each week we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. On today's episode, it's going to be a little bit different because we don't have an industry executive on the show, but this gentleman was too good of a guest to pass up on. Today's guest is Sean Quinn, who is the Director of Mental Conditioning and Operations for the Mowad Consulting Group. I connected with Sean after I did a book review of Trevor Mowad's book, It Takes What It Takes. Trevor and Sean, of course, work together, so it was a real honor to spend some time with Sean. We cover the concept of neutral thinking on how this can apply to you as a hiring manager or as a candidate on the job market. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So let's drop in. All right, welcome everyone to the Executive Search Sit-Down. Today, we are sitting down with Sean Quinn, who is the Director of Mental Conditioning for the Moad Consulting Group. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And just to kind of give everyone a, a background on why we're bringing Sean on, a few months ago, I did a book review of Trevor Moad's book, It Takes What It Takes, and we received a lot of positive feedback on this message of neutral thinking. So we're definitely going to get in, going to get into the book but before we do that, Sean, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so I have a master's degree in sport uh, psychology. Um, I'm a uh, certified consultant with the Association for Applied Sports Psychology. Um, I work with a lot of elite uh, athletes, so athletes in professional, Major League Baseball, the NFL, uh, NBA, and then also a lot of collegiate athletes and kind of your elite high school um, kids. And then I have a lot of golfers I work with, um, and that's just the sports sector, but I also work in the... Uh, in the, in the business field. So I have a lot of clients, um, that are, you know, in corporate, um, America where, whether it may be, um, commercial real estate, uh, mortgages. Um, I work with some tech companies, but, you know, help them kind of perform, be better. So I've been doing this about nine years. I've been affiliated with Trevor for the last six years and, um, we're based out of Scottsdale, Arizona, but our clients are kind of remote throughout the country. So, um, a lot of times we'll jump on the phone and, and try and talk with them uh, a couple times a, a month. And with that being said, you know, trying to help them kind of, you know, I guess not level off and feel like they're at a, a plateau, but how do we keep climbing a mountain? And so, um, you know, how do we keep striving for success and trying to figure out, you know, each thing that we happens in our day-to-day life, how we can essentially um, navigate through the seas and be able to come better, um, no matter if it's good or bad, whatever the situation is kind of thrown at us. Yeah, and you mentioned working with uh, some golfing clients. You mentioned the company being based in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we were talking before, off camera, before we hit record, that you're in Northern California. So terrible places for golfing clients, right? Yeah, no, terrible. No, no, it's uh, it's great. Uh, this time of year, it's it's pretty hot in, in Scottsdale. Yeah. It's about 112 yeah, right yeah. now, I believe. So right. um, I'm up in Northern California as well. But, um, you know, during the pandemic, uh, haven't been out in Scottsdale as much but uh, definitely try and go out there and see some of my clients in the off season, uh, but also in season two. And so it's a, it's a good little retreat and good place to go to. And it's a heck of a place to go and, and try and go uh, get 18 in when you can. Yeah, no, no doubt. So how did you get connected with Trevor? How did you guys uh, sync up? Yeah. So I, I went out to, uh, I got a position at IMG Academy um, back in 2012 
And um, Trevor was kind of in his in his twilight of working out there. Trevor was the director of of performance, and so um, he ran the mental conditioning department, uh, nutrition, uh, strength conditioning, and then they had a leadership academy as well um, that Trevor kind of oversaw. And so uh, was out there, met Trevor, and just kind of really just you know became fascinated by what he does and how he does it. Um, at the time, Trevor was working with uh, Florida State football and Alabama football. Um, uh, he had just started working with Russell and, you know, Russell hadn't been a, a name yet, but, um, you know, he's up and coming and, you know, Trevor done a lot of work in the tennis field as well. And just, you know, Trevor, just his, his overall attitude, um, just, just how he goes about and does things. We just kind of clicked. And so, um, you know, Trevor took a position out in Scottsdale, um, at, uh, athletes performance, which is now rebranded as Exos. And, um, Trevor asked me knowing that I'm from the West coast. Hey, did, did I want to come out to, to Exos and, uh, and, and work with him. And, uh, so, uh, that's a big training facility out there. So I don't know if you're familiar, but basically it's, uh, you know, throughout the year, I, you know, I think this last year they, they trained, uh, 98, um, draft eligible, um, prospects for the NFL. Um, and I want to say they got 17 first rounders. So, um, you know, a lot of elite, elite people come through those doors, um, whether it's football, whether it's baseball in the off season, golf, um, basketball, but they do they go out there and train. And then, uh, w- you know, we did some stuff on the mental, uh, aspect of that. So, uh, was out there with Trev in, in, in 2014 and then Trev, uh, you know, said, Hey, let's, let's, let's start our own company and let's do this. And so, um, myself and, uh, another who does a lot of video for us, his name's John, uh, you know, took the leap and, 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 uh, Trevor formed Moa consulting group and we went with him and, uh, and, you know, here we are. And so, uh, basically in Scottsdale is our headquarters, but, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, our clients are, are spread throughout the country in the middle of the season. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of remote, but, um, we try and get with them as much as we can because, you know, um, we want to make sure that we're on top of what's going on with them. But even on top of that in the off season, we build a lot of plans. And so that's when we kind of meet face to face and kind of talk to them in person to develop their plans and what, and their goals for what they want to accomplish the next season. So that, you know, they're adhering to their plans and, and their discipline as well. Yeah, I want to go back. You just kind of uh, glossed over IMG Academy yep. uh, for people that aren't familiar. Now, for people that know the name, right, this is kind of the gold standard in academics of athletic performance here in, in Florida. But mm-hmm. for people that don't know IMG, can you just give a brief overview just so people understand that the level of the athletes that you guys are working with? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, the, the facility is insane. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sport mecca for sure. Um, it, it is, is massive. Uh, I, I know when I was there, I think I want to say there were 75 tennis courts. Um, and there was, uh, 16 soccer fields, nine baseball diamonds, uh, uh, 10,000 seat high school football stadium. Um, they had, you know, uh, I want to say eight indoor basketball courts, um, you know, Gatorade sports science. You see a lot of commercials where the guys have, you know, stuff hooked up and they're, they're training. Um, that's based out of there. Um, this place is, is just a compound and it, it's massive and it's a way for athletes that, you know, to go out there and go train, um, and be able to be about their business. And so when I was there, it was, uh, it was quite interesting to see, you know, the, who would come in, who would come out and just kind of the level, level of just privacy and the way that they can go about their business, but also, um, you know, seeing the discipline of the athletes, um, not just in season, but in off, the off season and how they'd come and train and, and really want to push themselves to get better. And so kind of seeing that, that was kind of my first, you know, kind of taste of seeing this, you know, this basically Disneyland for athletes. Um, and, and then, um, you know, moving over to, to Exos, uh, athletes performance at the time, 
um, you know, seeing that it was a smaller phase, but it was, it was, uh, they did a tremendous job of getting athletes in there and, and really training them and, and doing a first class job of what they do. Um, it, it wasn't quite the size of an IMG, but the clientele base, uh, you know, was, was right up there. Um, and I'd say maybe, you know, even, even, even surpass it, but, um, really kind of elite, elite people do elite things. And what we've seen in the off season is that, you know, there's no, there's no time to sleep for these guys. You know, they're training 24 seven, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, your top professionals, um, you know, kind of have a chip on their shoulder saying that, yeah, I had a good season last year, but someone's chasing me. And so, you know, how am I going to still perform at a high level this next season and not be complacent? And so, you know, that's kind of a, a, I guess we like to say success leaves clues. And so it's a way that we things that, um, you know, little blueprints of success that, you know, I think translates into our everyday lives, um, that we can kind of adapt and, 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 and kind of adhere to is that how are we trying to strive to get better ourselves too? Because that's what kind of elite people do, elite performers do. Yeah, without a doubt. Thank, thanks for sharing that. So let's get into the book a little bit, this concept of neutral thinking. Now, a lot of people have heard of negative thinking, they've heard of positive thinking, but most people probably haven't heard of, of neutral thinking. So can you just give us a brief overview of what that is, what that means? Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the, there's there's so many ways to, to talk about it. But, you know, looking at it, I think, you know, I think even growing up as a kid, everyone, you know, you always hear, be positive, be positive. And right. I, I think a lot of times uh, it can be tough to be positive in, in tough times when adversity strikes. Um, you know, we can look back to, to March of, of this year, 2020, and, and see that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of adversity that started to, to begin with this pandemic. And looking at that, it's really tough to say, hey, let's be positive and put a smile on our face. Um, right. The same way that, you know, we tell our athletes, you know, when they're training and it's, you know, it's, it's August and it's, it's uh, 95 with a 92% heat index to go out there and enjoy it. Um, you don't, you know, but the thing is, is that we try and say, don't be negative. And, and what we mean by that is, is, is let's not go to this negative rut. And what happens is, is if we go to a negative rut and kind of a negative, we can kind of cycle out and we can stop ourselves and limit ourselves from getting to where we want to be. Um, one of the things that we talk about is, is, is kind of this concept of, of when. So what's important now? So when we see adversity and when it strikes, what's our game plan? What can we do? How can we adapt? So in March, when we see kind of, you know, the world falling on itself and, and everything kind of happening, what can we do to make a change? Um, you know, what's important now is, okay, yes, I'm healthy at the moment. Yes, there's adversity coming on, but what can I do to adapt to this situation as opposed to let the situation shape me, which, um, in sport, a lot of times that can happen where, you know, we, we throw a bad pass, we make an error, we strike out, um, we miss a shot and we get consumed by that miss or that strikeout or that interception um, and that, that consumes us. And so our mind doesn't process the word don't, can't, and won't. And so if I say don't throw an interception, what happens is, is that I create an image in my mind of throwing an interception, right? And so what that can do is the next time I'm out there, it can lead to having tension in my arm, tension in my body, and creating another mistake. Instead of saying that, what do we want to do? Well, let's throw a good pass. Let's hit the guy in the stride. Now let's create an image in my mind of doing what I want to do. And it's kind of freeing us up a little bit. But on top of that, it's, it's, it's what we want to accomplish. And so what we're thinking about is the task at hand as opposed to what we don't want to do. Um, and so a lot of times with this, you know, kind of uh, neutral thinking, we want to think about, you know, the present moment. It keeps us grounded. But what is our game plan to go out there? Um, I know in the book, you know, there's a few examples. And, and Trev gives one about um, Russell Wilson, for instance, um, being down 16 nothing. 
uh, in the NFC Championship game. And uh, for Russell, you know, it was the worst game he's ever played in his, in his whole life, you know, dating back through high school, college, wherever. Um, just never had a game like that. But his mindset with four minutes to go was, you know, not like, hey, we're going to be okay, but, you know, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to go out there. Let's make a play. Let's get a first down. Let's, 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 let's go. It's, the score's only 16 nothing. We're not out of this yet, right? Um, I think you can look back at the Super Bowl um, with the uh, Falcons and, and the Patriots, for instance, and, you know, 18 minutes ago, and um, we're looking at a situation where the Patriots down 20 to 3. Um, you know, we were able to see kind of mic'd up and see Tom Brady mic'd up and, and, and some of the stuff, the narrative that he was saying was, hey, guys, let's get a stop on defense, offense, let's get a first down, let's complete a pass, let's go out there and just execute, right? And so we're thinking about the present moment as opposed to we're down 20 to three getting our ass kicked, right? Which is the reality that can happen to a lot of us. And so instead of thinking about the negative and being like, what got us here? Let's think about the present and what we need to do to get out of this hole. So when a pandemic hits or something like that, like, you know, which is tragic in itself to a lot of different things, people are losing lives, people are losing jobs, you know, people's environment and homeostasis is changing. Um, you know, we've got to think about how do we adapt? How do we, how do we create some sort of change so we can you know, change for the good rather than change for the bad and stay in this rut and stay in this hole and say, why me? As opposed to how do I get out of this? I think you see, a lot of successful people um, are able to thrive under pressure because they have that mentality and that mindset of the what's important now, as opposed to dwelling on the negative or, you know, focusing on a positive without a plan. Oh man, that's, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. So, so let's make this as, as tangible as possible for our audience. So a lot of our audience here on this executive search sit down channel are going to be hiring managers trying to attract top talent or candidates looking for their next career opportunity, especially candidates that may have been displaced because of this whole pandemic. I think as much as we'd like to compare ourselves to Russell Wilson and Tom Brady or some yeah. elite athlete, right? None of us are there, right? Most people aren't going to be there. So what advice, Sean, what advice would you have for a hiring manager when it comes to this idea of neutral thinking as far as like attracting top talent or maybe an interview process? Like how can we put that through that type of lens? Yeah, I, I think it's it's thinking about you know what you're looking for in a candidate, right? So what kind of what kind of candidate am I looking for? And a lot of times they may not be perfect when they interview with you, but can I mold them? Can I mold them into the candidate that I want? And so you know if you're looking at athletes, you're looking at a Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's a sixth round pick, right? Said he was going to be a camp quarterback. Well, we drafted him because we saw maybe there's some potential in him, right? Mm-hmm. Brady gets to camp, all of a sudden he says impressing, you know, making some plays, making some you know some passes and picking up the playbook and go, Hey, you know, this guy might be a backup. Okay. Well, you know, let's get him some more reps. And, and then ultimately, you know, Drew Bledsoe got hurt and we throw him in the main stage in the spotlight. And then, you know, he hasn't lost a job since and, you know, did a pretty good job, but that's someone that if you're looking from a, you know, kind of outside looking in, he wasn't a first rounder. He wasn't a, the number one overall pick. He was a guy that, you know, checked some boxes and said, Hey, we can maybe mold this guy and he can fit in our system and see how that works. Um, a guy like Russell, for instance, you know, third round pick, um, as far as size, a lot of people would, you know, draft and also said he's too short, um, wouldn't right. make it in the NFL. Um, and that just wasn't your, your NFL type quarterback. Um, but, you know, he used that as motivation. And so I think a lot of times it's looking at what drives a person, but also, you know, what do they think of themselves? Do they think of themselves as that sixth round pick? Or do they think that, hey, I've got a chip on my shoulder and that what I, what I see myself as reality is that I can continue to get better. I want to continue to grow. 
And so I want to learn as much from you as, you know, as you can teach me as well. So I want to absor- absorb that like a sponge. Um, and I think that's kind of the sport metaphor of it is, is looking at it that, you know, you never know when you're going to find a diamond in the rough, but we've got to have some kind of criteria that we can check the boxes to make sure that, you know, they fit our playbook. And then once they are in our playbook, they're able to uh, adapt, learn, and then also kind of, you know, I think there's a little bit of education there too, where how are we testing them and how are we kind of giving them the, you know, the, I guess the pat on the back or, you know, Hey, the guidance that they need to get kind of improve as well. Cause I think that with, with a prospect, we need to guide them. We need to help them the best we can too, so that they understand that they're doing the right things or maybe the wrong things. And so we're molding them in the correct way. Yeah. And on the candidate side, you know, somebody that might be on a job market right now, as I mentioned before, they may have been displaced because of this whole global pandemic and maybe they're, they're starting to get a little bit, devastated. They're starting to feel like, hey, am I ever going to find another job or are we ever going to recover from this? And they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out, hey, how am I going to support my family and how am I going to get back into the job market? What advice would you have for someone like that through the lens of mutual thinking? Yeah. And, and those are real questions, right? And those are, yeah. are real concerns and we can get really negative if we dwell on that. Um, right. because it's, it's real, right? I mean, it's there. We look at our, 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 our checkbook. We look at you know, what's going on. We look at the, the things around us. We can look at the news. We can look at a lot of things and say, man, this is, this is, this is tough. Um, but the reality is, is that we also got to look at it and see what strengths we bring to the table. So um, just because, you know, we may be displaced right now and don't have an opportunity or don't have a job um, doesn't mean that we can't make the most of it. So what strengths do we bring to the table? Um, what are some jobs that we, you know, feel as if we can learn? Um, and on top of that is, is what are some things that we want to do? Um, right. I think it's not just going out there and endlessly searching for a job that's the perfect fit, but it's, it's you know, what, what am I passionate about? What am I qualified to do? What am I good at? Um, and, and kind of looking at outside of that and saying, okay, here are some opportunities in these different fields that maybe I could potentially work for um, and, and, you know, taking a chance. And so, you know, is it something where you have a family and you're kind of rooted where you are? Okay, well, I'm not willing to get up and move. So maybe an opportunity across the country isn't the best for me, but, you know, somewhere local, you know, something along the lines of right here, right now, I can do that. So really thinking about that, what's important right now and developing a game plan around that and thinking about, you know, what, what are the values, what are the qualities you, you bring to the table and that you want in a job that you are looking for so that it's a match for, for not just yourself, but for the company to, to hire you. Oh, that's great advice. And I think that's something that, uh, that everyone needs to hear right now. So Sean, thank you so much for taking the time, man. I really do appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to say before we let you get out of here and close things out? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, I really appreciate the time, Jim. And, and I think yeah. with everything going on, you know, obviously, um, you know, it, it, I think we're, we're all dealing with a lot of things and, and it can be tough at times. So it, it can be easier said than done to say, hey, don't be negative. But I really do think that if we can kind of adapt to the philosophy of just kind of trying to think as neutral as possible each day, trying to pick some things that might be good throughout. You know, I, I, I do something a lot with a lot of my clients called Well Better Learned. And so each week, um, have them kind of reflect back and look at something that, you know, two things that went well, two things that could have been better, and two things that they learned. Um, this way, that it's really kind of keeping them away from focusing on outcomes um, and really focusing on the present. What do I take away from each week? And so this is from a sporting aspect. It's also from a business aspect. But I think when we're trying to look at, you know, the overall whole and what we're, how we're trying to improve, how we're trying to get better, you know, how, how do we self-evaluate ourselves? And during a time that's tough, are we always kind of digging the negative saying that, you know, this sucks, this is terrible, I can't believe this is happening, it's getting worse or it's getting better, I don't know, and 
you know, all this influx and anxiety that can create, but how are we staying in the present and evaluating what's happening and how are we trying to improve no matter the adversity that we're faced? And so um, I think that, you know, for all of us, we can kind of, you know, reflect back a little bit. We have a little bit more time on our hands, but reflect back in a way that we can kind of gain from the situation as opposed to let the situation kind of, um, I guess, kind of defeat us in a way. Yeah, sure. No, that's, that's perfect. And um, I think that's a great way to wrap up the show. So Sean, thanks again for the time, man. Jim, really appreciate it, man. You have a great rest of your, uh, your afternoon and evening. All right. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Episode 15 with Sean Quinn. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. And we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And the one last thing that I would ask here is if you have ideas for future guests from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.